Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we are hiding in a garage somewhere. Still. Hiding in a garage. But we are broadcasting live virtually to our friends at Drivers Club. Uh, So we have a nice little audience online. Uh, We're brought to you by Avance, Haggerty, Carter Subaru, Rainier Beer. And yeah, thanks Drivers Club for hosting this meeting for us. Good to see and, the members on here. And uh, hospital masks and <laughs> what else? Are you ten? Are you six feet from me? Close enough. I think you need to scoot over. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> How you dealing with this, Dan? You know, business as usual still for me. Um, like I said, I, working from home, I said this last week, working from home, is it, it's kind of odd because I'm seeing how it's affecting everybody else on Facebook constantly. And for me, I'm like, well, I just go out a lot less, but every day kind of starts the same and ends the same. And actually... It's kind of funny. My team has really embraced it. We're actually probably a lot more productive. It'll be interesting to see if we ever go back to the open office space design after this, because I don't think it's, I think people are actually doing better in, in my space where I work. I'm fortunate that people are really embracing oh, back this. Back in the day with my space. I missed that too. Yes. Yeah. 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 Joe and your seven top friends. You're yeah. still in my top eight. Yeah. I think. So. Whoa. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. But, the old days of being able to go to somebody's office and that, and not have a disease pass through the whole office in one room, huh? Right. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see what beca- what comes of this. But so far, it's actually been a positive thing. It's a uh, one thing I noticed. So I talked about this before. I do incident management, and what that means is anytime there's a major out or something, I get on a call and I get everybody together and we talk about it. And one of the things I've noticed is I th- I was worried in the beginning that people would be like more distracted. They wouldn't see them like they'd get you know things with their home. They have their kids, their pets. Oh God, like yeah. That. Laundry, children. Yeah. yeah. But I think people are so happy to get somebody new on the call to talk to. <laughs> Just like, yeah, what do you guys need? If we're here to help. I'm like, <laughs> all right. I have a friend of mine I work with in the dental industry, and I was, we had a call scheduled this morning, and I'm like, I'm like, we're FaceTiming. And she's like, why? And I'm like, she's like, I look horrible. I'm like, I don't care. I need to talk to somebody <laughs> face-to-face. My dates are horrible. Yeah, pretty I much. getting drunk as soon as I'm on. That too. <laughs> I, th- I think the real winner of this quarantine so far, and I'm going to embrace it, is uh, Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about it in the chat before, but if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely endorsing it. Do not watch it in front of your children. So it has everything, though. I mean, it's 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 like telenovela, but like with Tigers. Tiger novella. Such a wonderful so, train yeah. wreck. <laughs> it's such a wonderful train wreck. But yeah. It's a great distraction. It's funny, Dan. Actually, we were as we were sitting here getting ready to uh, start recording, um, I got an email from Pebble Beach. And oh, they perfect. are not uh, they're not canceling yet, but they are watching, of course, like everything else. Um, and I have a feeling it's going to come down to the fact that the state of California, if, if, if Car Week doesn't happen, it will be the state of California, not necessarily events like Pebble Beach and things like that. I mean, obviously they care about people's health, but I think that it'll come down to the state of California saying that. So um, it's getting tough. I mean, it's, you know, getting up in the morning, remind, remembering to shower and change your pants. It, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Life challenges. It really is, you know, and it, about the time you go out the door and now in Bellevue, if you're out, if you're seen out in a group, people can report you now. So that's a thing. <laughs> uh, so all kinds of fun. Well, I went out to, to get my, my exercise and, just, well, not really exercise, just to get around. It's not really exercise. You went out on a skateboard. That's not exercise. <laughs> it's Actually, it's really hard in your core and your legs. Cause, but mm-hmm. anyway, I digress. Keep telling yourself that. But uh, yeah, I went out for two rides yesterday before it turned into like sideways rain and hail and God knows what else the apocalypse is bringing this week. But uh, <laughs> it is heaven with no cars on the road. 
because remember we talked about this on a couple shows back that we don't t- we sort of fall under bicycle laws but we also fall under pedestrian laws it's a really gray area for electric skateboards you're riding in the middle of the street aren't you yep yeah, and it's amazing there's nobody anywhere it. in my neighborhood and okay. people are super friendly right now so they're just like that thing's awesome how fast <laughs> they go okay. just, and they're like oh you guys aren't annoyed to see me this is great <laughs> say that from a distance please <laughs> well and you do it's it's but i went all over kirkland and everything and it's just uh, there's people walking everywhere. My camera, I have external cameras and they usually go off like once or twice a day. Cause somebody will walk by now they go off like 20 times a day. So I had to change the zone on them. Cause yeah. just, there's so many people walking by and people are outside, even in the rain, they'll grab an umbrella and go out. Cause people just, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, I'm trying to see all the upsides and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sugarcoat all the downsides of what's going on right now or make light of it because I know people personally that are affected by this. Um, but it is nice to see people being, what seems to be a little nicer to each other, a little more courteous, a little more patient. I mean, I am seeing nice things too, and I'm trying to focus on that in a time of darkness, I guess, overall is what I'm trying to say. I will say that, like, and, and I've noticed it on the other side of it. Like, if you're at the store, you don't have to get near somebody, but smile, talk to people. Like, they, people are, like, they don't realize it, but they want to talk. Like, I was in the, the, fat, uh, the yeah. produce aisle. I know that's hard for people to believe, but I was buying salads. <laughs> and I started talking to this lady. And then she ended up like pretty much following me around the store at six feet talking the whole time. It was a wonderful time. Her name is Barb. Shout out to Barb. Lovely woman from Bellevue. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think people are big. There's a lot of people out there that are by themselves at home going, I can only talk to the dog so much and the dog doesn't want to talk to me anymore. Yeah. So, well, it's yeah. like, I mean, I'm interacting with people all over the world with my work all the time. And, and it's it has changed quite a bit. Like we're having actual conversations versus like, let's get to the point and get this over with. We do that because obviously we're, you know, we're taking care of our customers, but also there's after the call, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Like conversations we didn't normally have. And I I do like that. I do like that people are taking a personal interest in each other that I haven't seen before. Um, I am getting sick of the posts on Facebook. It just seems to be politically. Well, people have way too much time to be on Facebook and Instagram. (laughs) That being said, like I said, I I launched it last week. I have joined TikTok, and that's very addicting. Like, (laughs) Just watching the videos of people like... No dates with cops yet? No. Oh, wow. Hurry up. Let's just... That's... Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. I'm just telling you, if anybody doesn't know, like, TikTok drives me insane. But for some, whatever reason, there are a ton of cops on there. Most of them women. People that make you want to get arrested. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. They're hilarious, yeah, though. Absolutely. You need so. a date, Nick. Thanks. Gun-toting uh, women? I'm just great. saying. Thanks, Dan. No, um, I'm just saying your type is flooded hey, on there. we have Jason. We don't need anybody else. <laughs> You know he's clean shaven now. So uh, yeah, yes, it's, it's our exactly. two-year anniversary of that show. That's by right. The way. Jason, Jason was on the show two years ago. How quickly he has grown. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we get started on today's, let's jump into a quick Carter Subaru tech, tech tip of the week. Um, all of us, I've seen all over, uh, especially all over Avance, people are talking about all the little side projects they're doing, and. <laughs> God knows all of us have been doing the same thing. It's just side project after side project after side project here. Um, I, I, tor- I tested my torque wrenches the other day. I got a, a digital torque adapter and a 40-inch breaker bar so I could test the uh, <laughs> plus and minus on my torque wrenches. Uh, that was actually kind of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. I feel like that's a euphemism, but it's really not. You were <laughs> testing your torque wrenches. Okay. Yeah. And yeah so okay. I was like, yeah. oh, I so. should do that. I haven't tested this one in a couple of years. So I did that. It's still in, still in spec. Thanks, old Sears. But um, the... Uh, the uh, tech tip of the week is if you're looking for a little project to do, which makes a, a really nice difference in cleanup, and I'm bringing this, this seems very targeted, but there's a ton of you out there, especially in the car enthusiast group, but personalized license plates. Mm-hmm. And personalized license plates have a different finish, and they're not raised letter in okay. Washington. Most states, they're not. They're just a perfectly flat finish. And so it is illegal to expel or stack or any, you can't put PPF on a license plate. Uh, The reason you can't is actually sound. It decreases the reflective uh, capability of the plate. 
I remember when you could get that in the like the back of Motor Trends. There was like a film you could put over, yeah, it, like where yeah. the camera so, took a photo of it, it blurred it. Yeah. So that's technically illegal. But what you can do, and what I found has worked really well, because I've got new plates for the Porsche, but uh, I've done this on all of my cars. See, if they're in the back of your car, um, you have two things going against you. And I've talked about this a little bit about with uh, paint protection in the past. But your the back of your car gets absolutely blasted in a different way than the front of your car does. That's because of aerodynamics. It's also because of exhaust. So you're gonna get a ton of that stuff sticking to the back of your car. And in turn, it's gonna stain that plate. Now you can clean it up with um, like a goo gone or something like that, but you're gonna start removing the, the finish on it. And if for those of us with nice cars or just people like us who love to take care of our cars, one of the best things you can do is ceramic coat your plate. Now you can take it off and take it in. And it's gonna cost you almost nothing. Or you can go see our friends at Griot's and get the ceramic coating and spray it on your plate a couple times. Just put, take it off and do it before you get in your car and think about it like every three or four months. And it's one of those things that people often overlook. It will actually make you want your plate to be nice and clear. So when you blast past that state trooper <laughs> at 105 miles an hour, it's really clear about the letters yeah. he's writing down as he's chasing you. So yeah, yeah. well, you want you want a plate that says something like K bye things like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. and I know it sounds overly simple, but that's one thing. The other thing you can do if you're like us and you have a Vaughn's license plate frames. Or Nobody's like us, Dan. <laughs> that's so. true. Or drivers club license plate frames is uh, you want to protect the back of your car and the surrounding of the frame. So you can get between the plate and the frame, I highly recommend 3M automotive trim tape. Uh, put it between the two, it'll stop all the vibrations, it'll stop them from scuffing each other. And then, if you can, you can go get some cheap canopy tape and put it behind the plate so that it doesn't scuff the back of your bumper. You're, if you've ever taken off your plate, you'll see all that rubbing on the back of the paint of your bumper. And if you ignore it uh, long enough, most of them are raised, but a lot of them aren't. If it's a flat press on the paint, you will actually rub through the bumper on, your, uh, on the back of your car in not a lot of time. But putting that trailer tape back there will keep it so you don't start that chipping process from the outside in behind the plate. So I mean, this is a friend. You need to get out more. I'm just saying, hey. <laughs> I, I mean, everything you said makes a lot of sense, but you need to get out more. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, you're right. Um, I, 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 and many times I've taken plates off cars and then seen. Yeah, all the grime and everything like, that molds back there. And, and the, you get that like a sandpaper effect. There was a thing that somebody was like, it was like a rubber, rubberized something you could put around the plate that would stop the, the vibrating and things like yeah. that. But, so yeah. uh, if you want, you can get uh, polyurethane washers and put them between the bolts and extend your license plate bolts. So it actually removes it away from the bumper. So you have more space back there. Yeah. But uh, just a couple of things. It's one of those really neglected areas of the car that people don't ever think about. Because, I mean, how often do you, you know, take off your plate? But, That's right. You got new plates, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. did. When's your new, when does your new plates? Uh, you you have them yet? Uh, I gotta go pick them up this week. That's right. Okay. It it made more They're sense. Here, just, it made more sense for you to have Rain City Supercars on the back of your Porsche than my Subaru. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. Porsche now says Rain City. I, I'm not hiding my plate like some people. It's, no. The car is not exactly subtle. So, yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, it'll say R A I N C T Y. Oh, look at that. Yeah, Rain look City. Look at that. So, official nice. branding. Look at me. <laughs> it's like you own the place. <laughs> okay. Uh, but let's get to our guest this week, who knows a lot more about everything than I do, and all of us in tech tips, especially. So yeah, he thinks really he's one. so smart. He thinks he's like one of those rocket scientists. Right. I know. Hello, Drivers Club member and guest Mike Crean. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are good you? Here. I'm good. It's good to be seeing you from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hunkered down out here in Maple Valley, just uh, watching the critters walk through the yard. That's nice. I mean, you know, it, it, do you do you usually work from home? Or are you? Uh, is this is this new for you? No, I do usually work from home at least for the last year and a half since I uh, quote retired. Unquote. <laughs> We all, nobody ever retires in this group. Everybody ever just finds a different job or something else to do. So no, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, for those of us, or for those that are listening that don't know Mike, give us a little synopsis of what you do. I wasn't joking when I said rocket scientist. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I guess um, pretty much my entire career has been design and development of liquid rocket engines, liquid propellant rocket engines for um, starting with the space shuttle and on up to Blue Origin was my last position. But uh, Just the space shuttle, Dan. Nothing big, just the space shuttle. I saw October Sky. Well, God. <laughs> I saw it, too. That was a great movie. It was That's a great, a great movie. movie, yeah. <laughs> and the Rocketeer. And the Rocketeer. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> this, that, is, this is how it ends up with a Darwin Award of somebody going, I need a Buick and a jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's going to need to see my dental records when this ends. What yeah. was your inspiration for getting into your field? Oh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I Well, honestly, it was probably at that point in time was just, oh, I got a degree. Now I need a job. And I got hired there um, at Rocketdyne, which was uh, at that time um, was making the, well, and, and still today making the space shuttle engines. But um, I've always been, um, you know, into science fiction since I was probably 10. And um, yeah, so I was pretty excited to get that you know, job offer. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll go work on that thing. And I get paid bonus. <laughs> Even better. Mike, what is your degree in out of curiosity? Mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Okay. So have you always been like us, like that, that car guy, that mechanical wanting to know how it works, how to break it, how to fix it, or most of the time how to break it and not know how to fix it, I guess in my case. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually, I mean, I was, I like to take things apart when I was a kid, but when, um, when I got into high school, I had a couple of buddies and I, you know, I was probably 14 and had a couple of buddies that were a year or two older and, and, uh, they had cars and I was just like, wow, that is the coolest thing. Now we get to take them all apart. And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's how I got into cars. I lived, you know, my high school was in a, uh, central California in a small rural community. So that was pretty much all there was to do was work on the car and then drive them around on the weekend. Sure. Get in trouble. That's not just a small town thing. That's a big town thing too. I mean, <laughs> it's you know. So you grew up down in California, Southern California? Uh, no, Central California, Central. near Modesto. Oh, okay, okay. A lot of good roads out there. Yes, yeah. a lot of really. A lot of Dan good would know them better there. than I. Yeah. But yeah. I say yeah. Uh, right. I say yeah. Remember Markleyville? Yeah. Tahoe to Markleyville. Well, I mean, parts of it. Yeah. Mammoth. It, was, it went by really fast. I mean, it was. It just seems like we were there in no time. You almost get hit by a Ferrari. How could you? I don't know it? what you're. T- oh God, I don't want to talk about that. Oh. <laughs> the middle of no. We were in the middle of nowhere, going driving down to Monterey Car Week, and um, I was the last one to go up this road. In the middle, of, where were we at? We were. We're between Markleyville and Mammoth, California, and, which is middle of middle of nowhere. Fantastic road. And I go driving up this road behind everybody, and out of nowhere comes this Porsche and this Ferrari, which I get. They were on the road the same reason we were on the road to go have fun, but this guy had way overdriven his car and was in the other oncoming lane and just yeah, yeah. so pucker effect number seven so <laughs> so so did uh what was your first car like you know my so my buddies that worked on cars had mustangs uh, one had a 65 one had a 67 and i couldn't be like them and uh so i i had a 71 mustang there you go there you go that's a good year those are yeah, the Mustangs the first, that stay first thing on the I did road. was I, I, yeah. I took the uh, took the automatic transmission out of it and put a stick shift in it because you know who wants an automatic anyway. Well, yeah, nice. Be in control of your power. Like I said, those are the ones that stay on the road and don't jump curbs. Yeah, it's the new it's the new ones that uh, <laughs> that have trouble that Keep have speed. trouble. I'll tell you. Yeah, sorry. 
Sorry, I'm, my fault. I apologize. Oh, we're just checking so, yeah. the time. We're just checking the time to make sure that you know, I, you know, I te- if I if I run over time, Dan, Dan gets mad and he has to edit me, and it gets all it gets all crappy. I'm gonna but do that anyway. I, I figured that. So <laughs> we're actually coming up on our first break, so we're gonna take that real quickly, and we're gonna be right back. Right after this. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. Here we are. Yeah. It's like we never left. I know. We were talking cars on the break, which you have quite the collection. You are uh, very much a car guy, uh, to say the least. And you have a very cool collection of cars, too. Some of my favorite cars, uh, well, a lot of them are stick shift, <laughs> which helps a lot, especially in that Italian range. It was nice of him to tell me afterwards that I forgot that he owns a Mustang. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Insert foot. <laughs> so. But apparently he can't get his to like break loose. I like the diversity of your collection. Let's talk about that and... Um, I guess to say, say what brought you down the path of each one of those because they're very different. I mean, I guess I guess the the Mercy and the the Ferrari are kind of similar, but I mean the, the Mustang, you've, you have the Tiger too, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I would, how did you come to bring that into the collection? Because that's a that's a hell of a car. That's a Widowmaker. <laughs> well, see that that's actually easy to follow because clearly I'm a Ford guy because that's how I started out. All my buddies had Fords, and um, you know after. Uh, after college, you know, I had my Mustang, and then that ended up getting totaled, shortened from both ends. Oh, and, uh, at that, at that point, I, I, bought, yeah. Yeah, I bought a pickup truck. So I moved to pickup trucks, and I had trucks for a lot of years, and then I got married, and I had kids, and so I had trucks, and then I went to Suburbans and, you know, four-wheel drive Suburban, et cetera. And so um, that, was, that, was, that was me for a lot of years, and then just within the last so – my, my kids grew up. And then in 2015, uh, Ford came out with the new Mustang, and I looked at it and I said, "That is the first Mustang that I've seen in years and years and years that I would actually want to own." And so I went looking around for the original for the Shelby GT350 when they came out, and um, so that's my that was my first re-entry into the cool car market was I actually managed to get number 133 of 137 of the first series of the GT350s. And yours is white with the blue stripes, correct? Yeah, yeah. it is. So classic. Yeah. yeah. So I got that, and then I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool, but I don't really want to drive that because, you know, that's a 50th year anniversary, yada, yada. And then, and yeah, I should drive it, but um, but now the dam has broken open. So <laughs> How quickly it goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I knew that uh, my wife wanted that. She wanted something cool. Well, she already had it. She she has a, she had a 2008 uh, Challenger SRT8, so first year numbered car. And um, but I don't know why I got this wild hair that she should have an Aston Martin DB9. And so I went out and I found a smoke because they're you know ridiculously inexpensive for what they are. And uh, so I bought that for her. And as a You're a wonderful for, husband, by the way. Yeah. That's, I mean, incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that was great. And then I was feeling like I still needed a car because I didn't. Now she had the Aston. And I'm like, oh, I need to put something else in the garage uh, that I can drive. So 
I wanted something that I, that was a good investment. So I bought a uh, from uh, Fantasy Junction. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those guys down in the Bay Area. They have some really nice cars. I've seen their ads. Anyway, I think. Yeah. 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 They. Uh, so I bought a '99 uh, Ferrari 550 Maranello. So for an engine V12, six speed. Yeah. And it ran, but it needed a little bit of work. So I brought it home and stuck it in the garage and started tearing it apart because it needs all those things that anybody who's familiar with them know all the. Oh, all you the started hose. to work on it. You did. Yeah, the all the all okay. the coolant hoses go crap on those, yep. and the spark plug wires go to crap, and all those things are fairly major yep. things. So I, I started tearing into it, and I'm like, "Well, this is no this is no fun to drive because clearly I can't drive it. So I should buy something I can drive." <laughs> <laughs> You've been saying that a few times. I'm now. starting to see a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and I, and I like to buy things that you know if I'm going to spend a boatload of money on a car i like to buy something that i think is you know at least a worthwhile investment so so i i bought the murcielago at that point so it's a 2002 murcielago it's a arancio atlas it's uh so it's quite the eye catcher stick shift um and that was really good but there were a few things that needed to be done on that. It's amazing, you know, if mice are the bane of my existence because so many of these people have these cars and they sit around and the mice get in there and just yep. tear them up. Yeah, and the Mercy Lagos uh, in general are not exactly electrically um, sound from the factory. No, <laughs> so. I have stories. We could spend hours on it, but I won't. But it's a great car. <laughs> and it was actually, it was really solid, um, but it needed some work and parts take a long time to get. Yeah. So um, at that point... Um, I don't know. I was, I, I actually told my wife, I'm like, I just accidentally bought a Ferrari because <laughs> I, I told her I, w- I was talking to a guy. I'm like, Oh, he said he had a, uh, it was a 430, a 430, 2005. And the ad said that it was uh, Tour de France blue and Tour de France blue is fairly rare and it's a beautiful color. Yes. I love that color. And, and, and it said it was a stick shift. And I'm like, dude, if it's a 430, Tour de France blue with a stick shift, it's worth bank, right? Yeah. So I talked to the guy and he's like, yeah, no, it's not Tour de France blue. And yeah, no, it's not a stick shift. I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. He's like, well, but I could make a really good deal on it. <laughs> so he told me everything was wrong with it and ended up getting a smoking deal on it. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Anyway, <laughs> Somebody should have told so, Mike he's able to buy cars outside of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah. So it's blue Pozzi, which is also a very cool color and it's a and that one drives and I did a bunch of stuff that wasn't that hard to do on it and have actually driven that one a bunch and uh I, yeah it, it's a spider too so the you know the top didn't work that's a big uh that's a big that happens a lot right in those cars yeah now did, I mean just because of your mechanical knowledge did you did you just go out and teach yourself how to work on Ferraris because that's not that easy of a thing to do no, if you if I had a nickel for every hour I spent standing in the garage staring under the hood of the 550 and going, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I did it. And once you do it, you do it a little bit and you realize it's just another car. And, um, and you know, most of the parts you can get or you can find places to get them, but they are expensive. Yeah. Especially the electrical stuff. I helped. Uh, I assisted a friend uh, the brakes on his Murcielago, and it, it, it's one of those things where you think about doing it, and it sounds terrifying. But 
they all use basically the same caliper. The cars of that generation basically all use the same brake calipers if they're Italian. It's kind of funny. Uh, Ferrari uh, F40, Brembo, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Brembo. Yeah. It's a Brembo GT yeah. setup. F40 Viper, like it's all the same brake pad. The only thing doesn't fit is the uh, the pad sensor. Well, if you know anything about the Murcielago, I think Roy Katz is the only person who driven it, who's driven his Murcielago enough to go through the brake pads even once. So that wasn't the highest concern. He's like, well, we can have Lamborghini do it for like 2500 bucks, or we can do it in my garage for 200, 200 bucks for the pads because they're everywhere. <laughs> he's like, oh, it stops really well now. It's like, huh, there you go. <laughs> I think it's easier to change the pads on a Mercy Lago than it is the battery, isn't it? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't park it downhill mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. Yeah, don't park it downhill in the rain facing downwards. And uh, if you need to remove the battery, you have to remove the driver's side left rear wheel, friends. So that's a lot of fun. But wait, he didn't stop at just the Ferrari. Yes, yes, there's more. But, <laughs> but wait, there's but wait, more. There's more. <laughs> we left off yeah. the 430. <laughs> yeah. No, he was working yeah, on the 430. Yeah. yeah, That was the 430, yeah. And so then, uh, yeah, so then my last acquisition was, um, <clears throat> so these are all the fancy cars. By the way, my daily driver is a 2017 Ford Raptor, so. Well, nice. yeah. yeah, that was one of those things. Like, Not oh, too what? shabby either. <laughs> the standard Drivers Club Daily Driver, I joke. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like everybody has one. And it's definitely, there's definitely one in my future. So, yeah. But yeah, being a Ford guy, um, you know, I've always wanted, um, when I was working on my Mustang and I was in college, the guy at the Ford dealer was a, he was a Ford fanatic and he had a Shelby uh, GT350, um, the Paxton Hertz or the Hertz version. So black with gold, gold stripes, stripes, yeah, 65. And he had a uh, Sunbeam Tiger, and he says, and the uh, Hertz version was the Paxton blown version. He said, he told me, and I remember to this day, he said, yeah, that Tiger will blow the pants off the GT350. And ever since then, I wanted one. And um, so, you know, time came, and I was like, you know, I think I could afford to have that in the stable too. So I started looking around, and uh, I think this is, I want to say August. So last year or so, found one down in the Bay Area. So I flew down there, took a look at it, and hopped in it. And mind you, it's a 60-year-old car, right? And, yeah. And hopped in it and drove it back to uh, up to Seattle. And uh, it didn't. I was I was totally prepared for it to break down and get towed home, but it made it all the way. Granted, it was 120 degrees inside the car because the exhaust runs right under the floor plan floor pan, and there's no insulation, but Anyway, it was a great car, super. And, you know, get more looks, nods, waves, um, and that than in any exotic car that I have. Funny. It's funny. If you guys, if you don't know, listeners, what a Sunbeam Tiger is, it's basically, I mean, it's built in, it's built in England, but it's, it's, it's somebody that basically looked at MGs and Triumphs and things like that and said, what if I put a V8 in this really light car? What could happen? I mean, <laughs> you really got to know how to drive a car. And I mean, and as far as the heat in the car, it's, I, that's something that it's a British car, mm-hmm. <laughs> the heat, the heat sticks in it, but that must've been kind of a fun drive back up, up, up to Seattle. Did you guys, did you just take the freeway or did you actually drive it, drive it, like take the back roads and things like that? No, I just took the freeway cause okay. I figured I, there was an 80% chance it was going to break. So I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to get gonna be close to something. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I just booked it over to the five and drove it up that drove it up from there. But, um, you said it's yeah. a 60 year old car. Is that a series one or series two for the, uh, was it? T- Four point six or two. It's the one A. They call this the sixty six. Um, is it the two eighty nine? The... It's a. It's should, it came stock with a two sixty. It has a two eighty nine in it, so it's not numbers matching. And my plan is to, uh, you know, these days you can build a five hundred horsepower small block Ford in a heartbeat. So yeah. I figure, oh, that ought to be entertaining. <laughs> 
stick that in there. Yeah, it's sort of like the lesser known AC Cobra in a way. In in that, I mean, just as crazy. And even yeah. it was, it's a, are they smaller? They look smaller when you look at them. I love that card because it's so unique and it it doesn't sound anything like it looks, which is one of the coolest things. Well, and then I, they improved on that too, like because they had the Sunbeam Tiger, then they had the Alpine Tiger, was which was like twice the horsepower and like twenty percent heavier or something like that. I yeah. think. I don't. I don't know. I, 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 was, I always got those confused. Bit. Like, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There was there was an Alpine. The Sunbeam was the Tiger was based on the Alpine. That's um, what it that is. I'm okay. aware of, but there. Yeah. Okay. But it's funny because even the the stock 289, you know, has 180 horsepower, um, which doesn't seem like much by today's standards. Uh, but but in a British car, that's a lot. 60 horse, yeah, compared to the 60 horsepower <laughs> engine that was in it. Yeah. Stock, I was gonna it, say. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I'd die for that much horsepower. By that I mean I'd probably die having that much horsepower in the Triumph. But, <laughs> yeah. So. It's yeah. Good. This is a. I'm going to bring up the chat here. It says, "Yeah, V8 Miata, the flying Miata conversions. That's the modern day equivalent of that car. So just oh, yeah. pure insanity, which is really cool. Good point. Guys. I remember one of the first times I ever saw that was at that Stacy that Gears show, and he was put, he did the Miata swap, and and he showed He goes, basically, all you got to do is just bang the firewall back back <laughs> an inch right here, and it totally fits. And I'm like, that's way too easy, and that's that's deaf. <laughs> so I mean, small car, big engine. Well, you know, what do you need? So yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're you're daily in the Raptor, so you don't you don't drive the Mustang that much then because of, it, of the, its collectability, correct? Yeah, I don't. Um, although it's the car that always works when everything else is not working. So um, uh, I think it has it's 2015. It has 3,300 miles on it, maybe. So oh, that's I drive good. it a little bit. Car. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously, you know, you you've had uh, you're on a buying spree. But is is there something that you're you you want or that I mean that you, as a as a child like or that you've always wanted to drive? I mean the DB9 incredible car, um, the Murcielago is another incredible car, especially with a six speed. But what's what what what's what's the what's the dream in the mind right now? Because we know it changes daily. It's a car guy thing. It, yeah, it does change daily. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know the Murcielago was the approachable uh, Countach basically. Mm-hmm. So you know Countach is roughly four hundred thousand right now, and the Mercy is is a better car, frankly, and for a lot less money. And that was where, that was where I went on that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Um, it, it's the greatest Lamborghini in my opinion, because it's so drivable. I mean, I, I love the Countach. I had the picture of it on my wall, but the Mercy is the car you drive. When the it Countach, runs. Yeah. yeah the I mean, Countach great, is the yeah. car you put in the garage and think that's freaking cool, but they're kind of a nightmare to drive if anybody's ever been in one. <laughs> it, it is an amazing car. And if you look at the Aventador, it's like, okay, well, that's a cool car, but it's not a Murcielago. It is just something different and it's not a manual transmission. So I think it is at a, at a point where it's, it's uh, yeah, it's going to go places price-wise. Not that that was my... I wanted something that I could drive and it'd still be worth what I paid for it when I, you know, trade it out on something else. Yeah, six speed mercy is a great investment across the board. That's just something yeah, subtle in a subtle color. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what Lamborghini Very is. They, I think that's part of their brochures is <laughs> so, subtle and slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was the orange, yes. It was yeah. definitely the subtle color choice. But uh, yeah. but to answer your question, I think uh, I think I got a couple things. I'm 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 interested in uh, if if I had if I had the money right now, I'd get a DBS Superleggera um, and trade the DB9 in on that. Go full um, bond, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go full bond, <laughs> and uh, a McLaren like a 720 or a 650 is on my uh, is on my list too. So keep my eyes open on those. 
It, I mean, that's uh, those are incredible cars. I mean, especially the British side of it. But it's yeah, we said that the other a uh, couple. Of, I don't remember who, who we were talking to, but Aston Martin is under a resurgence right now because they they had a low point that everybody knows, sort of. And they're still beautiful. They've always been beautiful. Let's be clear. Every Aston Martin DB anything is a gorgeous car, and they tend to do. But they hit the hard dip. Like Aston Martins were in like that, like fully loaded accord territory at one point <laughs> in in value and now they're starting to come back up as they always do but man aston martins now are some of the most beautiful cars i've ever seen i know exactly which car you're talking about the gray with the green calipers the one that just came out been drooling over and now they're doing their limited hyper cars and then mm -hmm. things are coming out and that's one of those cars that's finally back on my radar again is i I'm drooling over Aston Martins. They're not just rebadged Jag F-types anymore. And so they look great. They sound great. I can't wait to hear them again. But anyway, um, you need to get a car you can come drive with us and rally with us. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> you your 500 miles in the middle of nowhere, as uh, some of our other Drivers Club friends will attest to you, uh, you need something that you can get a few rock chips on and uh, really cook the tires on and the brakes on when you're trying to keep up with our friends John and Paul over there. So they're insane. Well, I, think so the, I think the 430 <laughs> is that car. The 430 is totally a driver. Um, and uh, it needs a new clutch probably. But other than that, I went through brakes, everything. So I'm ready to hit the road in that thing. And yeah, yeah if, there, if it got some rock chips, no big deal. Cool. Yeah, the, the 4 Series is really where they started coming back into their stride, I think, as well. And got uh, the, the 4s started to really pick up in reliability. I mean, don't get me wrong. The first Ferrari I ever drove was a 355 with the F1 gearbox, which is terrible. It was the Six speed was fantastic. So, Mike, what got you into cars? What was your? I mean, I know you've been a mechanical engineer basically uh, by interest your whole life, but uh, what really like piqued your interest as a kid and made you run with it your whole life? Uh, so, my dad was uh, very—he uh, was a very hands-on guy. He was kind of a Renaissance man. He—he um, uh, he was into art and music, and um, he was in the foreign diplomatic service. We would move all around the world, and whenever we went to a new place. Um, he would build, you know, furniture and bookshelves and built-ins and all kinds of stuff. He was always, he was always working on stuff. So I just grew up thinking, oh yeah, you work on stuff. That's what you do. You don't take it somewhere and have somebody fix it. You do it yourself. So, um, so I'd have to say I got it from him. So I, I, I remember taking apart, uh, you know, clocks and, um, in fact, the first, the first time I was, I think it was probably 13 and. We got a car and I'm like, oh, I want to take the rock arm cover off that and see what's underneath it. And so I did. I'm like, oh yeah, I can figure that out. It's got two bolts. How hard is that? You know? I've fallen I've fallen victim to that. It's only two bolts. Then you end up with three <laughs> bolts and three pieces. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I, I took the clocks apart when I was a kid. They, they never worked again. But I mean, you know, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the take it apart, see how it works phase didn't usually end very well for me either. No. <laughs> No, there were plenty of clocks that I took apart that never went back together again. But yeah. uh, at least the cars went back together again. But the good news is you knew exactly when in time to document when you exactly when you took that clock apart. You always <laughs> knew, like it was like fifteen, you know, three fifteen. Still so. right twice a day. Yep, exactly. Broken <laughs> clocks right twice a day. So I mean, it, you're looking at the automotive world and, and coming from a very technological job with what you're doing. Do you see us? really keep pushing towards the, 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 the battery powered and things like that? Or do you see us still kind of keeping with the fuel based cars or maybe hydrogen or maybe rocket fuel? I like rocket fuel. I think that's an Straight idea. Kerosene. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's a tough one. Um, on the one hand, I know that electric power is, you know, it's all torque all the time. So, you know, it's an amazing power source, but 
Um, it, just something about, you know, when you start, when you rebuild that engine and you start it up, we haven't put the exhaust on it yet, just with the uncork headers, it's like, well, you know, you can't, that experience is something you can't replicate with an electric car. It's just not there. Um, so I don't know. I think there's room for both. I yeah. think there's room for both basically is, is, you know, I think it'd be cool to have a super fast electric car, um, like the new Porsche Taycan. I'm, I'm like, okay, the, the turbo, I was like, that's pretty badass. I, I think still I don't understand the turbo badges on that. I mean, I keep saying it, but it's like, <laughs> exactly. One of those passed me on the freeway yesterday and was moving. I, I was going to the store. I definitely wasn't out. Was for it a, blue? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it wasn't blue, actually. Oh, I was going to say, so, no. the bill's yeah. not slow. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, those are beautiful cars. So Yeah, I've, I've driven by the, the Porsche dealer a few times. They've had a few up front, and I've just been they're They got it right. I uh, Tesla's got the range down. I get that. But you got to hand it to Porsche for building a car that you want to drive. Tesla's in trouble, in my, my mind. Not financially, but I'm saying, like, with the amount of cars that are coming out, and you're looking at these, these they're really, really... There's a lot of cars. What's the name of the truck that's coming? Rimtech or uh, Rimic? Uh, uh, Rimic? Is it Rimic? What is it? I don't know. Rimini so, or something like that. That starts remember. with an Rivian. R. Rivian. Yes. Yeah. Rivia. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, John and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, just so we're clear to the users, there, there's a chat going on that's watching this as we're yeah. doing it. But yeah, so we're, thank God somebody's doing the fact checking for us. I feel us. like I'm in a Twitch stream. Oh, they have a pre order. Great. Oh, okay, we'll talk great. to you guys more about yeah. that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, f- I have to ask, being in your profession, the one of my favorite pieces of automotive history is the Chrysler Turbine car. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen that? The, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And do you? Th- I wonder, with the way things are changing, if there will ever be a future for something like that again. I still dream of. I, I, I'm, I'm a sci-fi fan like you are, and I love just even if like it never goes anywhere. I love the concept of something different. I think it's why I liked the rotary at first until I owned one. It's like, it's, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is the reason they don't make these anymore. But <laughs> do you think there's a, a, like a technology out there that uh, you would love to see in cars that's not there yet? Well, I don't I, It's It's amazing how far the technology of the internal combustion engine has come by itself. So that, that's one of the things that I'm still amazed by. I mean, the amount of horsepower that we squeeze out of a, you know, whatever, a six liter V12 today is just ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, so... But to go back to your question, yeah, I'm, I think it'd be cool to have different power plants, but you're basically telling me to put my engineering hat on and I'll tell you, oh, well, if I was going to have a turbine, I would probably hook the turbine to a generator and I have an electric powered car that had a turbine generator because turbines are really hard to hook up to transmissions and stuff. So um, so I do think, in fact, there was a car uh, like that. It was the Patriot. It was a Chrysler, I think, or a Plymouth. I think it was a Chrysler Patriot. And it was a kind of a F1 looking car that had a turbine motor that drove a generator to four electric motors. And that was, I don't know, the nineties, something yeah. like that. But I, I remember seeing that, but the, and I think there, I saw something else on Leno. There was a turbine car, but you know, the problem that scares me is the people on these roads today driving with gas powered cars, let alone somebody with a turbine. Like that being said, you're down in LA and you see Jay Leno go by you with that, with that motorcycle he's got with the, the jet power. We saw that thing. Yeah. They had it. We've had it at Concorso, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. The part that scares me is where the technologies are coming together is from drones and cars. Like I was, I, my, one of my favorite shows on the on the right now is uh, Mega Machines, and they just did one on this this uh, well, basically drone car that they're building in England. And I'm going, like, <laughs> some people scare me when they're driving on the road, let alone putting them in the sky. And they're, they're, oh, it's okay, they're going to drive themselves. Yeah, but there's going to be some idiot that's going to grab the stick and be like, "I got this, Martha." <laughs> <laughs> steep learning curve. For, well, real steep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. I th- I think that's I think there's something to that as far as I mean having the you know the flying car the the Jetson area kind of thing. I think we all still want that. I just uh, I, I just want to people. fly a car. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think it, it, there's any way we can do that with having people fly cars. I think no, God no. Automation and you know AI doing it for us that that's our only sustainable chance. You put somebody in the controls of that and it's just it worked out well in Terminator. So I mean, <laughs> how could it go bad, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't have enough faith in humanity anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with flying cars. It's Dan. like nobody on the road, and everybody's still a terrible driver. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere I go, I'm just yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I will I, say, I don't. I don't think electric car has reached its potential yet. I mean, oh no. With this whole thing, I uh, two was it two weeks ago? I had to drive to pick up my son from college because they canceled college out in Pocatello. So I took the Raptor and blasted out there. Was it 700 miles? 750 miles in a day. Picked him up. 750 miles the next day. Yeah, I couldn't have done that in an electric car. You know, yeah. it would have been much more painful. Yep, so, I think, but it'll get there. Yeah, exactly. I so I'm really hoping that uh, rapid charge or rapid battery swap comes in because if you get to the point, I think that's. I keep they talked about it a long time ago, and I don't know where it's at. Well, they're they're doing it. I think in in China or Japan, they had it with on the buses and stuff like that, where they pull them in and it's battery swap. Yeah, because if you could just yeah. pull up and then just battery in, battery out, and then it goes into a charger. I mean, that would, you'd be quicker than a fuel stop, and it would be cheaper too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure wouldn't. You'd be paying for it. I, oh, you still be paying just, for it. Yeah. But overall, I mean, the cheaper the planet, at least. So there's that. But man, yeah, if you could just do a, a quick stop, that's that's the dream. Electric cars are making us fatter because we have to stop at a diner and eat while our car charges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. We have to sit and eat goldfish, Amanda. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's uh, it's a different world, obviously. I mean, I I, I like the idea of a turbine to a generator, then therefore. Yeah, I was looking up that up real quick. The Patriot is a pretty cool thing to look up. I mean, it's a Chrysler Patriot. It does look like it's just a, it's a race car. It's very cool. Cool idea to see. Um, well, is there one in your future, you think? You think a Rivian or a Tesla or a Taycan coming your way? Uh, you know, I've looked at the Taycan, uh, and if I was to buy a car, that would probably be the one. And the price tag's pretty pretty healthy on that. If you want yeah. the Turbo S, which, of course, you know. We all do. Who doesn't? Yeah. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go big or go um, home. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't have... I have I have nothing against the Tesla, but uh, uh, it's uh, you know I, yeah I would get the Porsche. But now it's when you want to get a Tesla. Apparently they'll I mean, they just, literally drive it off I, at I your used, house. Yeah. <laughs> so just disclaimer: I used to work for work at SpaceX for a few ah. years in the middle in there. So. Never heard of it. Um. Um, in fact, I remember Elon, Elon drove the first <laughs> Tesla Roadster um, into the shop one day, and uh, ah. some of the guys got to drive it around. It was the original test mule. Um, probably that, 2006 or seven. The original like Lotus based. Is that the, oh, is that's not the one yeah. that's in space? Yes. That is the one uh, in space. It's, I'm not sure if it's the exact one, but yeah. it looks, it's that model. Yeah. That model. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing those. I remember when those first came out, people, a lot of people bricked them. They, they forgot to charge them and things like that. And they break and you can't move them. They, they've, they've solved yeah. that since now, yeah. but it was just, I remember that. Early anyway. adopter growing pains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're ready to take our second break, so uh, we're going to be right back after this. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Uh, 
as usual, and a lot of listeners don't get to know this, but we have interesting conversations off the break, and Dan and I and Mike were, and the whole group were kind of talking about driver's aids and how they have saved us, and Dan was talking about how the Porsches made him a, a worse driver, but <laughs> Mike was talking about how the fact that it, when he got into his GT, GT350, it it's, was somewhat different than driving his older Mustang, of course, because uh, things have changed so much, and we were also talking about, you know, how fast is too fast. The fact that cars now will go under two seconds to zero to 60. It's just, it amazes me what the world we're living, especially the electric stuff. But it's its interesting. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know where it's going, but, uh, you know, maybe to the moon with rocket fuel. <laughs> no. We've already put a car on the moon, moon once, so. We put a car on the moon? Well, but moon rover, didn't yeah. we? Ro- yeah, that's. Close enough. Yeah. If only we knew somebody with a Mars rover. <laughs> we need to find we somebody that does Mars that. Rover. Yeah. <laughs> does that. Yeah, so. So Mike. you got any good fun driving stories, Mike? Got a favorite road trip memory? Favorite? Oh. Oops, I shouldn't have done that moment. I've got a lot of those. Allegedly, I think, yeah. One one would be let's see. Uh, uh, so after after I got in my over my initial Mustang phase, I went into a four wheel drive phase. So um, I had a nice pickup truck. I lived in L.A. and it got stolen and totaled. So. <laughs> Then yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get a nice one. So I got a, a 72 Blazer, you know, the one that had the fully removable hardtop. Yeah. And that was a, that was a, that was an awesome truck and uh, put a big, big engine in and stuff. Anyway, we used to take that for ski trips, spring, spring break type ski trips, even though I was working then it wasn't spring break anymore, but we would go. And uh, we were in Jackson Hole, I want to say, or Grand Targhee, one of those places. And I'm coming down the hill and of course it's, you know, the middle of March and, there's snow everywhere. And my girlfriend at the time was like, she's from Wyoming. She's like, mm, yeah, I'm thinking you might want to slow down a little bit going around this curve. And we had like 10 people in the, in the truck <laughs> and we had been apres skiing. And um, yeah, we were in the ditch shortly after that within about a minute of her saying that I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Fortunately, there's always snow banks. So we got pulled out and uh, that's when I learned that, you know, you always carry a, a snatch strap when you're out, uh, driving around in Idaho, Wyoming, or whatever in the winter. Dan and I have never learned that lesson. Never, ever. ever. I don't know what you're Absolutely talking about. Absolutely not. It's I mean, never applied to us. In my mind, I'm thinking, you've got 10 people in the car and you go into the ditch. If you get everybody out, it should just raise the car up, right? If you're able to drive right out. So, I mean, I, a question I, we have to ask, and I, we have, we've, we've sort of graced over it, but you have a love of cars, but being what you do, you obviously, you said before with like the, the, the sci-fi, but you have a love of space too. Like that's probably what drove you to this, right? Like, you know, the Star Trek kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I have a love of space, and um, it is uh, it goes along with my love of machinery. But I think I love space, and I, I actually love is probably not the right word. I have a belief that people will be in space and do stuff in space to it. That a was going to be my much, next question. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. a yeah. much much larger extent than they are today. It just doesn't seem reasonable to me that that frontier, that final frontier, yeah. right, will not be will not have people in it because that's what we do. Um, as the human race. Um, so then it comes down to well, what are the, you know, how do we get there? How do we make those things that happen? And rocket engines are amazing. You know, if you look at some of the engines that I've worked on, you know, the fuel, uh, fuel pump for the space shuttle main engine was the size of a, of a big block Ford and it was a 76,000 horsepower. So some of these machines, these, these rocket engines are just amazing, amazingly high power machines and they are super, it's just fun to work on it. And there's this feeling of accomplishment when you build something like that and it actually 
holds together. So it is uh, it's pretty cool. Interesting yeah. part to add in the end. Yeah. You know, the ones that hold together. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Well, f- uh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, things break. Things break. It's always, I mean, I think we all sit there, especially we go for drives and we stare up at the sky. And I, and that's kind of what you, 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 you transition to the next subject. The fact that like we're, we're, we're destined to go other places and, and live on other planets, I think. And I hope so. I'm, Some of I'm, these people are already out of this world. So, I'm yeah. sad. I'm never. I'm not going to live to see it. But man, it's like every. T- if you anybody who's traveled, I tell everybody Moab is one of my favorite places. Obviously, because of arches and canyon lands. Utah in general is just beautiful. But you get out there in Moab, and I tell everybody camp. There's lots of great places to stay, but camp. If you can camp in Moab, that's what you want to do. Even if you don't like camping, because all you see is this the beautiful stars in the sky, like you've never seen them in the continental U.S. before. Um, some deserts and by Santa Fe and stuff like that. But that, that in general area of the U.S. is just a, it's a different experience and a different way to look at the sky. I highly recommend it. Because even in the pitch black of night out there on a starry night, you can see all the canyons and the, the cliffs light up. And in the, it's just a beautiful place to be. And it'll change the way you look at the world. So, Yeah, you're the only guy that goes camping in a Nissan GTR too, by the way. Z06 too. Okay, in the Z06. Because <laughs> why not? Everybody says, hey, that's a great car for camping. You know, so. It's I'll fine. You get a little. You get a few looks pulling into the campground, but uh, they get it. Are you lost, sir? <laughs> yeah, pulling a tent out of the back. Out of the Not back. all who I mean, wander are lost, Nick. Oh wow! <laughs> I will never have that bumper sticker, and I Great. will judge you if you do. Yeah. Do you know Joe Exotic? <laughs> <laughs> he was lost, very, very lost, very, very lost. Mike, I really want to thank you for coming in. Um, you know, this has been—I've been kind of looking forward to this. Uh, oh, that's right—we got to talk about Avance. I'm sorry, I was—I was trying to just leave the show. I see Whatever. God. God. And rightfully so. I can't thank po- him. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank him again. Yeah. Uh, Avance has postponed everything. That's why we're not talking about events this week. Uh, and rightfully so. They're doing the socially responsible thing, keeping people distant. Um, they did have an awesome scavenger hunt. If you guys didn't see that, if you're not Avance members, you missed out on a really fun event that a lot of people took part in. Uh, took them down to Grio. It's got some cool product. They got to see a bunch of different places they hadn't seen, do some great roads. Meet some great people distantly. Which is, and Griot's, I, I noticed now, is doing a thing. If you order, they will bring stuff out to your car. Yep. They're, curbside they're, pickup well, curbside from a lot pickup, of places. So, yeah. uh, really cool stuff. A lot of people are adapting in good ways for this. But, uh, the, of, the, of course, that means everybody's online. And uh, a lot of people are doing projects, giving really cool project updates and tips. You can find a lot of help there from people who won't give you sarcastic, stupid answers, but genuinely want to help you. It's kind of a overarching thing that puts Avance as a different kind of group for everybody, is that people there answer with the intent to help, not to mock you for asking a question that maybe unless stup- they know you then they'll definitely mock you but yeah, in a good yeah, our way, friends yeah, mock in a good us, way yeah. rightfully so when deservingly we do that. Yeah. So, yeah but uh yeah. but no it's a great place to go as a resource right now especially for all of us doing our uh our projects in our garages yeah which i'm looking at all my tools thinking oh, I virtual car show well, yes. we mentioned it last yeah. week yeah so there's like yeah that's a cool thing that's going on right now is everybody's post your favorite uh front end photo or your favorite nature photo of your car and stuff or your favorite adventure and tells a story it's really cool. Just make sure you're clear if you ask, you know, post your f- favorite front end photo, say of a car. I'm just, you know, saying that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick was the only one confused by that, but it happened. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I like buildings. The front end of a building is just, I mean, the orchestra. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Avance is on hold, but uh, check out Avance.com. The uh, discounts are still worth it, especially right now, because if you listened a few weeks ago, we told you now's a great time to get your car serviced. Um, God knows you can get in for that service you were overdue for. I did it. I did last <laughs> week. I, I met, I had my service with, with Carter Subaru went in there and it was, I mean, they, I, I got to give Carter credit in the fact that I walked into the service department and they've got blue tape, like four feet out from the counters. Like yep. they let, they did a great job, uh, cleaned my car up, but, and yes, they are a sponsor, but, um, I was 
glad to go there. So yeah, they do yeah. great work. I've been seeing that a lot of places actually. They have lines like uh, if you go to the supermarket, they have lines telling people where to stand so that they're apart. So it's it's nice to see stores taking it seriously and adapting. Like you said, we know people personally that are affected by this now. So it's so freaky. But if somebody's outside and they believe they need to be outside, don't yell at them. I've seen a couple of those. <laughs> I understand that people are mad. They think that if we all just go hide away, that it's going to go away. It will. But let's just let's be <laughs> kind to one another. You know. Yeah. Be a little extra patient. What would Walt Disney do or whatever it is? So, Okay, well, I'm going to try this one more time. Mike, thank you for coming on to Rain City Supercars, especially in this you know, uh, you know, interesting environment we're in. Uh, we really appreciate it, like I said. Uh, we, I, and it's funny because Dan and I were talking. We've sort of passed in the night. We've, we've seen you at Drivers Club a few times, but we never had a chance to really hang out with you. So it was really great to get to know you because it's always like, do you know about the new guy? I think he's a rocket scientist. He can't be a real rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just thinks he's really smart. <laughs> Both is true. So yeah, yeah. So thank you for coming well, to the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. So uh, for this episode of Rain City Supercars, hiding away in a garage where you'll never find us. Uh, this is Nick. <laughs> I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.